I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Final hour of the week. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Blockbuster News. About 15 minutes into the show today. A special counsel has been appointed in the Hunter Biden case. It is David Weiss, the same individual who had already been prepared to give a sweetheart deal to Hunter Biden. Now, we bring in Andy McCarthy, who is, I think, the best legal analyst out there. And certainly, we're dealing with a lot of uncharted waters here. It's very difficult to analyze all the different moving parts. But I want to start here because I've seen some of the things that you are saying Your position, Andy, is that you cannot appoint a special counsel who is already inside of the United States government as that violates the special counsel statute. If you are correct, and it seems to me that you are, why in the world would the Department of Justice be doing this? And how could you, how could you challenge the appointment of the special counsel as not fulfilling the statute, statutory requirements of a special counsel. And that sounds like, by the way, I know a complicated question, but I think it's a very significant one. Well, thanks, Clay. I mean, it's, it's obvious that, the, um, that he can't be a special counsel under the regulations. Uh, you know, I'm already hearing pushback from uh, people who say that, well, Durham was not appointed from outside the United States government. But when Durham was appointed by Barr... It was when the Biden Justice Department was about to take over and Durham was going to be removed as the U.S. attorney for Connecticut. So here we have Garland appointing the guy that he has trusted all along to make this case go away, which is exactly the way that Weiss has conducted it. But he also took pains, Garland did in his statement today, to say that Weiss would remain the United States attorney for Delaware. So... You know, what makes a special counsel special is that he's brought in from outside, not only outside the Justice Department, but outside the government. The whole purpose of having a special counsel is unlike what Merrick Garland would have you believe. It's not it's not that it gets appointed 
when a U.S. attorney asks him for authority, the attorney general has the obligation in any case where there is a profound conflict of interest that prevents the Justice Department ethically from investigating the case in the normal course to appoint a special counsel. It's not Weiss's job to ask. It's Garland's job to appoint one because there can't be a more profound conflict of interest than the Biden Justice Department having to investigate the president's son in conduct that may implicate the president in criminal activity or even impeachable activity. But I think what they'll say uh, to this point is that the last of the special counsel regulations says that these regulations do not create rights for anybody else. So in other words, he'll come back and say, this is all just aspirational. I mean, they pretend that there are regulations except when they don't want to follow them, in which case they say, oh, and by the way, when, if we break the rules that are here, uh, nobody gets to do anything about it. So there's no court that can do anything about it. There's no lawsuit that can be filed. The whole thing is a farce. So, Andy, what is the point then? Like, where do you see this going? Um, and, and, you know, why do they do it today? Well, they did it because it, they did it today because it's Friday. Um, and that's when they usually do this sort of stuff. But also they did it but because the plea deal blew up. And the strategic reason for doing it is twofold. You know, look, there's no, first of all, there's no investigation of the Bidens. If there were an investigation, you would never, no prosecutor would ever give a guy who is a subject of a continuing investigation that raises the possibility of serious felony charges. You would never take one of your main subjects and give him a plea to two misdemeanor counts if you really had a continuing investigation. You just, no one would ever do that. So there is no investigation. And he wasn't conducting, you know, Weiss wasn't conducting an investigation. He was destroying an investigation. It was he who intentionally has not indicted this case in order to let the statute of limitations run on all these counts. So his job is not to investigate the case. It's to make the case go away. And now what's expedient for them, because there's been all this catcalling for special counsel, is for Garland, figuring that no one's going to pay any attention to what the rules are anyway. Garland comes in and says, abracadabra, you're now a special counsel, even though you're the guy who's been running the investigation all along. But the thing, the strategic reason for doing this is unlike every other prosecutor um, in America or in the Justice Department, who when a case ends without charges, you just close the file and move on to the next case, a special counsel gets to write a report. So on the front end, what Weiss is supposed to do is basically destroy the case against Hunter Biden. He's doing a great job. The 2014-15 counts are already gone. That's when the worst of the Burisma stuff happens, right? Because it's all time barred. Statute of limitations on the tax stuff is six years. On all the other crimes, it's five years. So arguably everything before Biden left the Obama White House is now gone, right, because it's, it's time barred. But his job at the end of the investigation is to write a report that says President Biden didn't have anything to do with his son's business, which is what the Biden administration has been saying all along. Weiss is a part of the Biden administration. He's going to write a report that clears the president. That's his job. So nothing okay, happens Andy. out of this, right? I mean, Andy, just to be clear, you think this is total smokescreen nonsense. Oh, I think it's worse than that, because I think that this is like the counterpoint. On the one hand, you know, they won't indict Hunter Biden, uh, who's 
very straightforward tax and gun crimes have been well known for five years. They've just let everything lapse, right? In the meantime, I think in the last two months, they've indicted Trump three times. And they're pushing to have trials all at the beginning of uh, next year, like the first six months when everything's happening in the campaign. So what they're going to do is, on the one hand, they're going to be having these you know, Trump proceedings where he's painted as a terrible guy by the Biden Justice Department. And then on the other side, they're going to have the Biden Justice Department's quote unquote special counsel who's going to write a report saying good old President Biden. He had nothing to do with any of that bad stuff that his son might have been involved in. But we'll never know because the statute of limitations lapsed on everything. All right, Andy, I feel like I'm just taking crazy pills here because I actually see this as a positive. And what I mean by seeing it as a positive is this. If I flip over to CNN and I flip over to MSNBC, as I'm doing right now in my studio, uh, they are all covering the Hunter Biden Independent Council. The Biden administration has avoided trying to get a special counsel status for Hunter Biden for a long time. And they certainly, if Judge Noriega had not refused to rubber stamp this plea agreement, they would have never, ever agreed to this. To me, and I understand all of the procedural issues you're raising, I understand all of the cover-up aspects of this case that you are discussing, for purposes of the increasing fire, the media attention, the pressure on Biden and the Biden crime family, I don't see how this is a good day for the Bidens. It seems to me that things have significantly worsened for them because they never wanted a special counsel. And if Judge Noriega had rubber stamped that sweetheart deal that David Weiss and the U.S. government negotiated, this whole story would have gone away. Now it's prolonged and the House still has the ability to conduct their own investigation into the Biden crime family. Am I wrong in that analysis if I'm trying to look at this as a positive story? Well, I don't, th- you know, I don't think these things are necessarily in conflict, Clay, in the sense that the fact that they understood that they had to engage in the sham because they got caught on the plea agreement and some people have finally noticed that no indictment ever got filed, so the case is disappearing with each passing day because of the statute of limitations. So they had to engage in this scheme that they're running now, uh, that is bad for them. Um, and the additional attention is not something they want, but I, I think you just have to temper how good a development that this is in terms of getting to the truth at the end, because I would just point out to people, I, I wish this had gotten more attention, but if you look at the statement of facts that Weiss's office agreed to, in connection with the Hunter Biden plea, what they say is all these millions of dollars that were coming in were coming in because Hunter is a high-end lawyer who does contract consulting and other kinds of business consulting work. So that's the explanation for all the money coming in. And the reason he didn't pay his taxes was because he was drug-addled. So if your wife and you're running an investigation, a good-faith investigation, of a situation where it, it becomes clearer with each passing thing that the House finds uh, that what was going on here was an influence-peddling business, which is what explains the millions of dollars that are coming in. And the fact that Biden didn't pay his t- – Hunter didn't pay his taxes is consistent with the rest of the investigation, which is an ex- extensive effort to hide where the payments are coming from 
and uh, the size of them. That's that's perfectly consistent with not paying your taxes, right? That's a, there's a lot of people who are involved in crime who do that. But if you were really running that kind of an investigation, why would you agree to a stipulation that said the money was the money's explained by Hunter's high end legal work and the disappearance of it or his lack of paying taxes is because he's got a drug problem? Andy, do you think they're just going to run out the statutes on all this stuff, basically, and nothing is going to happen to Hunter? Is that a possibility in your mind? They've almost done it. They've almost done it. I mean, the statute of limitations, I, you know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm ranting because I, I get so angry every time I start thinking about this. But um, the statute of limitations on the tax stuff is six years. This is 2023. So the statute of limitations on everything else is five years. So, wait, so can, can I be? Is there a possibility, Andy? I I need to ask you this: Is there a chance that at some point in, let's say, you know, early or mid next year, this special counsel comes forward, writes a report that says Joe Biden, Joe Biden did nothing wrong, and Hunter obviously made some mistakes, but oops, the statute's gone. He doesn't even have to take a plea deal. Right. That's what. The, the, look, the plea deal they had, Buck, didn't have the years that have the most incriminating behavior in it because. Weiss let them lapse. And, and I want, and I just want to be clear about this. Hunter's lawyers were willing to waive the statute of limitations objection in the interest of getting a global plea where he would get two misdemeanor counts to plead guilty to, and he would get a complete immunity bath for everything from 2014 to the end. It was Weiss who didn't take that deal because he decided to just let 2014 and 2015 lapse. And now we're up to, you know, who knows what year we're up to. So wow. all of this, it's not good, Clay. All, no, no, no doubt. But it's better, and I, I, I hate to have to be, like, it's better than Noriega having signed off on this, which would have allowed yeah. them to sweep everything Hunter Biden under the rug and claim it had all been resolved, right? So now it's going to linger, and the fact that, Again, I would say CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post have to cover this because they've been arguing, oh, this is just a right wing fever dream. Uh, but Andy, to, to, to close out here, what do you think happens now? Where do we go? Do you think Joe Biden is planning on running for president? Does this make it more or less likely if they're playing chess right now? What is their move? What are they trying to make happen here? And what should the counter move be by Republicans who want there to be some form of justice here? Well, what I've been trying to do, Clay, is say every single day, where's the indictment? Because the only way the statute of limitations stops running, I mean, the day the, indi- the case should have been indicted a long time ago. But the day the plea blew up, Weiss's next move should have been to walk out of the, co- out of the courtroom and go to the grand jury room and indict the case. So that would stop the clock. He hasn't done that. Two weeks have gone by. You know, every day the, the clock is ticking. So I think the best move for anybody looking at this is where's the indictment? Because at this point, everything is disappearing. There'll be nothing left to charge. But what I think their move is to say, you know, this is a new day. Now it's a special counsel investigation. And we got to really roll up our sleeves and go to work here. We'd love to be able to comment, but, you know, we're having an ongoing investigation and investigative secrecy requires us to be discreet here. So yeah, so they're not going to make any comments. There won't be anything to cover because there won't be any leaks. It's not Trump, right? So it's going to be a different approach. 
But it doesn't. The one positive is this doesn't forestall any continuing investigation in the House, right? Correct. That's the only that's the only investigation that has any promise at all. And I I don't mean to to say that flippantly because I think they're doing a great job, but it's the only game in town. Wow. Okay, Andy McCarthy. Everybody, get hold on. Can, oh, wait, Andy, can, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, can you come back, or can, maybe you can answer this quickly? Because the thing we thought we were going to ask you about is you're way smarter on the law than me. How is the fact on the Trump side? Do you want to answer? Can you come back and talk wait, to can, us for three more? Can minutes? We hold them because we're going to run into a break here. We're, yeah, we're at, yeah. We're at, sure. Andy, can uh-huh. you can you hang yeah. with us for a couple more minutes? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. We'll keep Andy through. In the midst of a busy day, you don't give it much thought, but the energy that you need to get through every day, yeah, you, you need to have it when you need it. Look. Admit it to yourself. Some days you're feeling a little bit run down, a little tired. I have the same thing. But if you try Chalk's Male Vitality Stack Supplements, you're going to find that you can get a lot of that energy focus and drive back. Chalk's Male Vitality Stack's all-natural ingredients are specially formulated to give you stamina, energy, and focus so you can finish every day strong. That happens, by the way, without any elements of caffeine in this supplement. The leading ingredient has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone, that's the source of a guy's energy over time. We naturally lose the level that we need. So get set up with Chalk today. It's spelled C-H-O-Q dot com. C-H-O-Q dot com. You can get 35% off any Chalk supplement for life when you use my name, Buck, in the sign-up process. Chalk, C-H-O-Q dot com. Use Buck for 35% off. Inspiring you to seek out the truth. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Quickly, Andy McCarthy's got a busy schedule. I just want to ask you this, because this is what we initially booked you for. My theory, once they changed the law December of 2022, Andy, to say that the vice president doesn't have the authority to do what Trump wanted the vice president to do, how then is it possible to charge someone with a conspiracy when there was an ambiguity under the legal theory that Donald Trump's lawyers pursued. Isn't this something that's relatively clear-cut on appeal that these conspiracy charges would have to be tossed? What am I missing here? No, I don't think so, Clay, because this is is the reason I was against amending the statute, which I thought otherwise was uh, a harmless and benign thing to do. But there's a doctrinal law that's in the rules of evidence that's called subsequent remedial measures. And the idea is that um, you can't complain um, about the fact that they fix a law to tighten it up as part of, uh, you know, making your claim that the last law was infirm. Um, You know, you're not supposed to be able to use that because that policy wise, that prevents people from doing things that are beneficial to do. I personally think that the act was fine the way it was. Um, But, you know, if you're if your house gets robbed because you have. Uh, one lock on it, uh, and you decide to, you know, put a second lock on it. That doesn't mean that the, you know, it doesn't mean that you were actually inviting the robbery in the first place. It means that you're just trying to tighten up things to reduce the chance of something bad happening down the line. All right, Andy, we'll see you on TV all day today, probably this weekend. So thank you for being right. with us, Andy McCarthy Thanks, of uh, National Review and Fox. Appreciate you, Andy. Oh man, Clay, it's. uh the fix is in, man. <laughs> the fix is in. Oh, the Bidens. It's amazing what they can get away with, it seems. If you think President Biden's the worst president in U.S. history, you've seen nothing yet. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tiwari, there's likely a time in our future that President Biden can go on national TV and announce a change in our currency system. The plan may be to replace every single, single dollar bill with a digital currency that could disrupt life for millions of Americans. Business Insider has confirmed this, writing the U.S. Treasury has made its strongest indication that a central bank digital currency is on the table. Tika Tawari believes the official announcement could come as soon as September of this year. That's why he just released a helpful video to prepare you. Go online to dollarrecall.com to see this video. Some people don't want you to see it. Learn how you can opt out of this digital dollar. The website is dollarrecall.com dollarrecall.com paid for by Palm Beach Research Group Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth okay welcome back in Clay Travis Buck Sexton show we are going to be joined here soon by Senator Ted Cruz of Texas to react to lots of the stories surrounding Trump surrounding Biden all of the chaos that has befallen today's show and this week's show in general, uh, I continue to believe that the appointment of a special counsel to look into Hunter Biden is a positive story. I understand the argument out there 
that there is going to continue to be a cover-up and that he will have no consequential punishment for his acts. Can we separate this into, because I, I think that the more I've thought about it over the last few hours, this is total smokescreen, and, and this is not as bad as the Judge Noriega having a strike-down plea deal situation, but it's pretty bad. Um, do you mean politically, or do you mean legally it's a good thing? Because on the legal side of it, there's no indication that I can see that this is a problem for Hunter yet. It could be. But we don't know. If you want Hunter to face any consequences for his behavior, the only way that can happen is what happened, which is Judge Noriega saying, I'm not going to sign off on this plea agreement and now the appointment of a special counsel. Because I think it both creates political and legal jeopardy. Because politically, I think it puts the Biden team in a really tough spot because they've tried to argue there's nothing to this Hunter case and that it's all a Republican fever dream. That's not really what they've been arguing, to be fair. What they've been arguing is that Joe Biden didn't do anything. Well, initially they what, said there's nothing here at all. Biden said well, his son did nothing improper. Like he's they, continued to it, have to like change the They story. have moved, but they have not. I mean, look, I look at those morning Joe clips. Like I see what the talking points are yeah. for these Democrats for the last. They're not saying Hunter paid his taxes. They're not saying Hunter didn't lie on a gun form. Like it's known that these things happened. The question has been, is there any connective tissue to Joe Biden? And the corruption component of it, right? Yeah. So uh, Hunter's always been somewhat disposable in all of this to, for them, for their for their political needs. So now, if they if they if they give, there's a few options, right? They give him a a deal that has jail time, a deal that's a sweetheart deal. They bring a prosecution, or they run out the stat, they run out the statute of limitations. And Clay, you could actually argue if they do run out, and again, we don't know if they run out the statute of limitations, it's actually a better deal for Hunter. Than what was gonna, what he was gonna, he was gonna take potentially, but I think it's a worse deal politically. And I understand the argument that they're trying to wall off Joe Biden. I think that's the Democrat perspective writ large. I don't think Joe Biden wants Hunter walled off because he's consistently he brought Hunter to the India uh, the 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 state dinner. He continues to travel with Hunter on overseas uh, trips. He continues to take him to to Camp David. To me. Biden, meaning Joe, has tried to argue consistently that Hunter didn't do anything wrong. Other people have looked around and said, yeah, you know, the guy clearly didn't pay taxes. He's got a gun charge. He's a crackhead. All those things. I just think that the longer Hunter looms as an uncertainty, the worse it is for the larger Biden apparatus, both politically and legally. Clay, I mean, I was there in 2019 when John Solomon at the Hill was breaking the stories about Barisma, it was years ago. Right? I mean, this is this stuff has been going on, and they've delayed it so far, as Andy was saying, that the worst charges are already gone. I mean, the worst charges you're going to hit him with have already been, they've already run the statute of limitations, right? So, but they keep painting him into more of a corner. Because to your point on the John Solomon reports, remember, just back in 2020 during the election in October. Democrats tried to say that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. My point is they keep giving up yeah. ground to paint themselves into a tinier corner. But the the laptop disinformation thing, Clay, they all that like that was a lie that they only had to get through for a couple of months for the election. They knew it wasn't going to stand. It was there was but, not oh, well over half of Democrats still believe it. So when they have to put well, on, that, I mean, they're just yeah. Insane. That's this is this <laughs> is my crazy. thing. Like. When C- yeah, I agree. We agree on that. When CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal all have to put on their front page Hunter Biden special counsel appointment, 
it's really hard for the argument to be that there's nothing to see here. It gets more difficult for the propaganda media to make that argument. And remember, a lot of Democrat voters and maybe a lot of independent voters out there mm-hmm. still don't know anything associated with the I, Hunter Biden I still corruption. Think, I mean, I look, man, I worked at CNN. I'll tell you, they're just going to say, first of all, they're not going to ask questions. They're not going to be pushing this story. And unless there's something from the special counsel, it's just going to be Fox News and talk radio being like, hey, what's going on with that special Senator counsel? Senator Ted Cruz, by we the way, him. with us now. Senator, what do you think? What's the significance of today's special counsel appointment from your perspective? Well, I suppose it is a slight marginal improvement. I think Merrick Garland felt backed into a corner that he had to do something. Uh, Every single day, the evidence uh, of Biden corruption has been growing. The evidence of, number one, Hunter Biden's multiple criminal acts. But the evidence, number two, I think is, is growing daily of Joe Biden's criminal acts. And number three of the Biden Justice Department's efforts to protect Hunter Biden and to protect Joe Biden have been made. Both senior career employees. And so I think Merrick Garland is doing this to try to get some cover. But the fact that he appointed the same U.S. attorney who negotiated the sweetheart deal to begin with does, does not give anyone any confidence. Do you think this is going to result in any real consequences for Hunter Biden, Joe Biden politically, or or anybody else involved here? I have very little optimism that the Department of Justice is going to do a damn thing. I think under Merrick Garland, this has been the most political and partisan attorney general and Department of Justice we have ever seen. When, you know, If you listen to the testimony of the IRS whistleblowers, They have alleged that Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, lied under oath to the United States Congress in response to questions that I asked. Uh, That's a felony. Uh, They also have alleged that Merrick Garland and others of the Department of Justice engaged in obstruction of justice, actively blocking the investigation into Hunter Biden, tipping off Hunter Biden when they were going to question him, tipping off Hunter Biden when they wanted to execute a search warrant, and preventing any questions whatsoever addressing Joe Biden or the big guy, blocking that as a line of inquiry. And, and that, that level of politicization, I think, is shameful. The, the only place I expect any modicum of accountability is going to be from the House. The House has consistently been engaged in real oversight. As you guys know, I do a podcast every week called Verdict with Ted Cruz. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And on today's podcast, I walk through in detail the latest evidence and what it means. It's very hard to get that anywhere other than uh, something like the podcast with Ted Cruz. So what do you think? Let's let's go to Trump quickly here, and we appreciate you joining us, Senator Ted Cruz. I've argued that the case in South Florida is easier to prove but the jury pool is likely to be far better for Trump, and also the judge is way fairer. Meanwhile, yep. the D.C. case is, I think, complete garbage. Um, and I'm curious how you would analyze it from a legal perspective. But the judge and the jury is likely to be very biased against Trump. That's just the federal charges. But would you agree or how would you analyze those situations in general? 
play, I think that's exactly right. And, and I think between the two, there's much greater jeopardy in the DC case. And there's greater jeopardy, A, because the judge it got assigned to is a very left-wing judge. She may be the most left-wing of all the federal judges in DC. And that's a pool of judges that is already very left-wing. So uh, you can expect that she is going to rule consistently in favor of the Department of Justice and against President Trump. And then the jury pool. D.C. is one of, if not the most liberal jurisdiction in the entire country. Over 90 percent of the residents there oppose Donald Trump. You're going to get a jury uh, that it's very likely hates Donald Trump. And, and it's not about ultimately getting a legal conviction. I believe if they got a conviction, it would be reversed at the U.S. Supreme Court, that the legal basis for the case in D.C. is extraordinarily weak. But they're not aiming for a conviction that will stick. This is all about muddying up Trump. I think what Joe Biden and the Biden DOJ wants is they, number one, they want Trump to win the nomination, and they recognize Every time they indict him, Trump's numbers in the Republican primary go up. But number two, they want him to lose the general election, and they, and they want him to be in the middle of a criminal trial right before Election Day next year. And they think if they bloody him up enough, he'll lose the race. And that's their objective, and I think they know full well that any conviction they got from a D.C. jury would, would be very likely to be overturned on appeal, but it'd be after the fact, after the election. Senator Cruz, what do you think happens if they were to get, let's just say in D.C., where there's going to be this jury pool that is very likely the least fair-minded, never mind favorable, toward Donald Trump of any major city jury pool in the country? What happens if he's found guilty? Well, I, to be honest, I think the odds are are quite high that he will be found guilty. Given the judge, given the jury pool, if you, if you were betting money, you would bet money right now that he would be found guilty in front of that judge and that jury. Uh, and I think the Biden Department of Justice wants that guilty verdict about October of next year, right before the election. Now, it's worth noting, Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, he has a history of doing this. If you look back at Bob McDonald, he was the Republican governor of Virginia. At the time, Bob McDonald was considered a serious and credible presidential contender and jack smith indicted bob mcdonald indicted him on very questionable legal theories and he got a conviction and it it ended bob mcdonald's political career destroyed him in the in the presidential race that case went up on appeal to the u.s supreme court and jack smith lost unanimously every single justice voted to overturn the conviction because the legal theory was not supported by the law I think Jack Smith is repeating that pattern. That's what he wants to have happen. And the objective here is not a conviction that's consistent with law. It's a political victory of getting a conviction right before Election Day, because this is, I believe, a blatant effort at election interference, and it's a politicization of the Department of Justice. I, I tossed a theory out there. Now, I want your opinion on this. You're a far more reasoned legal mind. You could have been on the Supreme Court if you wanted to. And we just asked Andy McCarthy about this, and he had an answer. But I think you're allayed, uh, aligned a little bit more with me here. On the D.C. charges in particular, get, they're very expansive. They haven't been used before. There are lots of theories here. But I keep coming back to this. They changed the law, but they wrote a legal memo laying out what they believed Mike Pence could do to reject electors. 
They wrote a legal memo. I'm not familiar. Maybe you are with basically a legal theory being criminalized and one being criminalized that was actually written down in a legal memo and analyzed its likelihood of success. And yet they've also changed the law. You were a part of this in December of 2022 to say Mike Pence can't do what he was asked to do by the Trump legal team. Isn't this kind of a dead-on-arrival attempt to criminalize legal advice? I, I think at the Supreme Court it would be. Uh, and you look at an individual, I'm not aware of any precedent where an individual receives conflicting legal advice from serious lawyers on, on two sides of an issue and agrees with, with one of the lawyers, and that's somehow a criminal offense. Uh, it's possible that, that either lawyer was wrong, but it's never been deemed a criminal offense to agree with legal advice given uh, given by a lawyer in writing. And, and it also is not a criminal offense for any individual, and especially for the president of the United States, to engage in political speech. And much of this is about criminalizing political speech. Um, the, you, you read through the complaint, and, and it's ludicrous. They just said, well, Trump knew his lawyers were wrong. Well, well. They have no basis for that. They're just asserting that there. And, and the reason they say is, well, other people told him that was wrong. Well, OK, if you get advice from multiple lawyers, the fact that one lawyer disagrees with another doesn't suddenly magically transform it into a criminal offense to believe uh, a different lawyer. Thank you, Senator Cruz. A lot like going for different medical opinions. Doctors disagree. Lawyers disagree. I can't believe this is being criminalized. Appreciate the time, sir. Thank you, my friends. God bless. A company looking out for their customers is a company you want to rely on. And Pure Talk is the cell phone company upgrading their service plans this summer without increasing the monthly service costs. Pure Talk just added 50% more data to every plan and includes a mobile hotspot with each one. No price increases whatsoever. The price, just 20 bucks a month, remains the same. Switch to Pure Talk. Take advantage of an improved plan you can benefit from as well. Pure Talk also happens to be veteran-owned, and they make a point of hiring all U.S.-based customer service teams, creating hundreds of jobs in the process. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk today, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and make the switch to Pure Talk today. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop here on Clay and Buck. Before we send you off for the weekend, I want to remind you to please uh, consider becoming a Clay and Buck VIP. Go to clayandbuck.com and uh, sign up there. If you sign up for a year, you get this wonderful book that you may have heard about on the show, American Playbook, written by Mr. Clay Travis. And you get a signed copy of it. Uh, so there you go. Go sign up to, VIP, to be a VIP. Also, uh, you can subscribe to the uh clay travis and buck sexton show podcast which has all kinds of uh, interesting content there additional interviews monologues all kinds of stuff the sunday hang i think we're what did we were we talking oh whether we should open the beaches this week because i believe that people should just live their lives based on statistics and reality and not be terrified of the one in a million chance of getting eaten by a shark Clay thinks that Jaws is real. I don't know what to tell you. You know, he's he's worried for all of you out there. So I'm just trying to keep the people safe. Uh, thank you, by the way, for I had a great crowd last night in Atlanta. Um, also appreciate uh, everybody who showed up in uh, Cleveland. Great crowd there. New Jersey. I'm going to be next week, Buck, in Salt Lake City, Houston and Tampa and Nashville. So I'll be on the road a lot again next week and then Milwaukee the week after that. Uh, and so we have uh, a lot of good stuff coming uh, your way. And you get to go to Scotland soon, which I'm super jealous about. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, vacation. I don't even It's been a while. I haven't been on vacation in a while. Um, we got a VIP email here from Chuck and Judy. Wanted to share with all of you. Chuck and Judy write, Hey, Clay, we recently saw you on Fox and notice your appearance is so much better. We're not sure what you've done. Maybe cut your hair or just improved your beard. But we noticed... <laughs> I love Chuck and Judy. They're my favorite <laughs> listeners. This is the first time that anybody oh, said man. something nice about me being on television in like five years. Chuck, Judy, I think it's just living well. Um, I was also, say, maybe you get I a, a tan. What do you do? What do you? you How do you do this? I mean, I went to Dollywood and I went to the. Uh, I went. I went to the uh, the 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 uh, water park with my kids and spent all day out in the in the bright sun. So I think that helped. 
Um, and uh, I appreciate that. I hope everybody has a phenomenal weekend. Buck will be back fighting for truth, justice, in the American way. Who knows what might happen over the weekend? Rest up, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.